Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sam Dever Podcast, episode 56. In this episode, I speak with my good friend, Kamitria Hill. This is Kamitria's second appearance on the podcast, and I was really grateful to have her on again, not only to just catch up with her, but Kamitria travels a lot, and she's been living over in London, and we were able to connect, and she was able to come on before she went out of town again. So thank you, Kamitria, for coming on. It was a great conversation. She is an incredible artist of many different outlets, and it's always an honor to have her on and have a great conversation. The book of the episode, I am going to go with Daniel H. Pink's book called The Power of Regret. And Kamitra and I's conversation reminded me of a lot of going for what you want in life, if not now, when. And this book is phenomenal because I really feel Daniel lights a fire under you that it's never too late, that you can actually use regret as motivation to achieve things that you've always wanted to achieve. But a lot of times we're in our own heads, we get in our own way, and we have the power to really do anything we want. We just have to go out and do it. So book of the episode, The Power of Regret by Daniel H. Pink. If you want to listen to the podcast, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to watch Go to youtube.com slash at the Sam Dever podcast and be sure to subscribe. Here's my conversation with Kamitria. Kamitria Hill, welcome to the Sam Dever podcast again. Yes, thank you for having me. Wait, should I look there? There are you. Whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, we, you can have a full conversation with that camera. Right. The <laughs> so it all started December 12th, yeah. 19, none of your business. <laughs> no, I'll just look at you. Wow, this you. is. Uh, this is crazy. This is crazy because I feel like there's certain people you don't see every day or talk to every day, but then when you're back with them again, it's like nothing ever Pick up happened. Where you left off. And that's what. And, and this to this day, the podcast you and I did in the beginning of this thing on the Santa Monica beach when remember the sun went down yep. and we lost. It's like the middle of COVID, <laughs> and we're like, yep. should we be doing this? Should we not? Yeah, that was pre-vax everything. Jeez. So we were just sitting there uh, on the beach, socially distanced, and uh, it was yeah. so much fun. We were I, on blankets, and I had on a big hat. I remember. I haven't watched it again since. Really? Like, well, I've seen clips like from comments and stuff. Like people, like my uncle's, like, "Oh, I saw that thing. You spoke so well." But so I've seen like those little tidbits. But I purposely didn't want to watch it before this, so that later I could watch and be like, "Oh, this is where I was in life," you know, at that that time. I'm curious right. to see. But well, I'm curious too because we <laughs> you got a lot of compliments on that episode. By oh, the way, oh, thank you. Yeah, a lot thank of people were a big it. fan. And I was telling Eric here before. Uh, we began, we, we went deep on that one. Like, there was a lot going on during that time. <laughs> it was interesting. Cause yeah, nobody knew like what was happening. Like no one had ever lived through anything like that before. We didn't know what the future hold, what life would come back to, you know, if it would go back to normal or, you know, we were literally just that talk about living in the moment. Like that's all yeah. we could do because, you know, you didn't know what was going to happen next. And all on top of that, the racial injustice that was going on, that's still going on, you know, but yeah. it's, it's like. So many, you know, everything in LA, like we didn't know, like, should we even be here right now? <laughs> what? Yeah, it's like, should we all just go home? Because none of us are actually from here. Like, have you met anyone from LA? I don't think I know anybody A from couple, LA. but it's very rare. Yeah. Like, like, you actually, like, grew up here, grew up here. Yeah, like, you are from here. Like, that's weird. Like, you have family here. <laughs> like, not your friends. Like, you actually have blood relatives here. It's crazy. Yeah, most people, I think mean, most for the most part are transplants of some sort. You're, Texas originally, right? 
Yes. Yeah. H time. <laughs> yes. Yes. H town. I was just there a couple of weeks ago for What's the that holidays. Like? Going back or just Houston there? in general? Because Houston's <laughs> huge. My cousin lives there, and I've been there once. Like it was gigantic. It's big. Yeah. yeah. Um, Houston. Oh man. I'm going to be talking about from like the 90s because I don't know how much about life now. I go there twice a year. You know, I'm like at mama's house, grandma's house, airport. So I really do not. Don't ask me what's happening. But there is a show that's out now on Netflix called Mo. Um, Brilliant show. He's yeah. cool peeps. I met him um, recently and I'm trying to sneak on that show. I'm like, I already got the accent, Mo. Come on. But anyway, um, I think that it's a good depiction of life in Houston, I would say. And especially like um, the area that he lives, like A-Leaf, which was a school that used to beat our ass every time in football like they just killed us um but that show i would say probably gives a really good you know portrayal 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 that came out weird portrayal of houston for the most part but gives you a reality of what it's like that's what i'm trying to say listen i came here straight from class <laughs> what, acting me. class yeah oh my um, gosh well i got one quick thing before we get um yeah we sorry we we're so most from houston yes oh i think he um what are, i think he's a um i think he was Born in, is he Irani? Oh man, we literally talked about this and I don't remember because I had a few dreams. I think he was but, from Iran. Um, or, it's either Iran or, or he's Palestinian. I'm so sorry if I'm messing it yeah. up. One of the two of those. But he moved to Houston at a really young age. Um, but yeah, Houston, I mean, it's everything you see on TV, but it is a city. But you'll definitely see cows on the side of the road. It's going to be steakhouses everywhere, barbecue. Yeah. Chicken. I've seen people <laughs> ride a horse in a drive-thru. Yes, this is true. Um, but it is a big city, so there is a mm. lot to do. There is a lot more art. I should take more advantage of my city because I don't, um, when I'm there, I don't go and explore because it is a major city, so you'll have all the museums. I did go to the Space Center recently, which oh. I hadn't went to since I was a kid. Um, interesting story about that. But, oh, okay. Um, but Houston, anyway, we have a problem. Literally, Houston. <laughs> you're punny. I like that. I like that. That was dope. That was dope. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to do. You know, it's definitely a place like for families. I know um, specifically where my mom lives in Katy, which is West Houston. I think it is the if if not the first, then in the top three, like fastest growing um, cities in America. So there's definitely, they're building it out. Like when I lived out there, it was like three high schools in that part of Houston. And now I think there's like six or seven. And wow. it's just, it's like a whole mini Houston on the far west part of wow. Houston, if that makes sense. It's like a suburb, if you will. Yeah. But, but yeah, Houston is definitely chill, laid back. The weather is very schizo, but um, yeah. It's home. It'll always be home in some capacity. Yeah. So, for me, uh, Slim Thug, Paul Wall, and then oh, you got UGK. Yes. They're from Port Arthur, Port right? Port Arthur. You and did some like, research, okay? Uh, oh yeah, no, oh, yeah. Yes. I, I grew up on that, and uh, I got to tell you, I got to make one comment about oh. the Mo Show. My girlfriend and I, Laura, who you met, we mm. we, we binge watched it, like mm. just completely binge watched it, and it was like a slow burn. They did that show very, very well. Yeah. It just Don't tell built. the end, though. I haven't seen the last episode. All right. Well, I better not say anything, but I, if he were here, I would say he did a really good job with mm -hmm. that show. Like, really well. It was re very well written, and it was just very well done, so that's crazy that you met him, and yeah. I hope you do get on that show. 
come on, if y'all are listening out there, I'll have somewhere to stay. They don't even have to pay for it. I can go to my mom's house, you know, yeah. go to set. I'll have a ride, you know. Who knows? We may even get plugged into the Houston acting scene. Yeah, That would make all my mom's dreams come true. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let me tell you. So you came from acting class just now. So you're in class still? Um. Yes and no. Yes, okay. um, I'm doing right now. I'm doing online class because I've been all. I don't have a home base, you know, which we'll probably get into. So um, that's the only reason why I'm not at Playhouse. Sorry, it's not. I'm not betraying y'all. But um, so I was doing an online class. Funny enough, with a teacher who is from Playhouse West. Oh. So a lot of our teachers were. I would say her name is uh, Jessica Hood. This was the Hood School of Acting. You may have seen it. Oh, um, okay. But anyway, so I had been doing um, online classes. Today was the last um, class for me because next month they are doing Spoon Rivers. And I have done Spoon Rivers twice. I am not doing it thrice. <laughs> so I, I gave them all my advice on how to do it. But like, I'm good. well, not even just that, but since I'm also, which we'll probably talk about, um, going back to London um, in a few weeks. So the time difference would be. Like it would be class would be starting at midnight. So yeah, that's the real reason, not the spoiler. That's the real reason why I ain't going. Well, before we get to <laughs> London, correct me if I'm wrong. So as you know, this is the apartment that used to be Eric Jorgensen's and now it's mine. But during my injury, I was mm -hmm. here and he was, we were both in here. Did you do a Zoom Spoon River show? I did. Yes. We watched it on that TV oh, wow. in Sue's class. And I <laughs> oh, remember dang. watching you do it. Oh, yes. You all did a really good job. Like, Thank you. It's, yeah, it's blood. So I did it twice. I did that one. And then when we started coming back to class, I guess that was the beginning of 2021. Mm -hmm. um, I did um, them with Wolf in person um, on Magnolia. So, okay. Yeah. I don't have it in me to do it right. <laughs> you, put, you put in your time. <laughs> uh, I'm all spoon rivet out. I can write my own edition of that book. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I've done male ones, female ones. I've, I know this town. I'm good. <laughs> well, and you know what? You and I have uh, the honor of doing that legendary uh, uh, nursery rhyme showcase right before the shutdowns. Yes. And you actually yes. had one of the last performances, uh, the last performance at Playhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, With you and Richard Muller. Shout out to you guys for that. That was incredible. Yes. Um, that was crazy because that was our second time doing North of Providence, North of Providence a second yeah. run because the first time it was like the one act, the one rock, act yeah. and then this was like a standalone with Dolores and um, so it was interesting coming at it like six months after like I had I think the first time I had just gotten into advance so you know you're mm -hmm. still working out your kinks and figuring out who you are as an actor and then the second time with a little bit more experience like going into the work um, was interesting and I'm like yeah I'm gonna give it my all you know all the things because yeah. it's so rare that you really and I know like a lot of like I don't want to say big actors because what does that mean right but people that you've seen on, I'll say named actors talk about not hitting the mark on something you know like oh I wish I would have done this different you know but the movie is done or the play is done or whatever so this was one of those rare opportunities to give it another swing and really go at it and then the world shut down the day after the <laughs> opening night, never to be done again, which is unfortunately. But at least we had like billboards. So that was cool. Like having, you know, a billboard at the school and, you know, play bills with yourself. So I still have the memories. Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> I still tell Wolf, Wolf about that show. What he like you guys did with that. It was so trippy, so creative. Yeah, so it was so interesting. It was it was amazing. And so I want to talk about your jet setting yes, <laughs> lifestyle here it. in a sec. But as yeah. far as acting goes, like what's your, 
what's your take on acting now? You know, from, you know, cause we haven't, I haven't been around you in a couple of years and mm-hmm. um, what's your, what's your perspective on the craft now? Or is it something you can even put into words? Like, Oh man, that's such a good question. Um, going to take a second to think. No, I'm not. I'm just going to say the first thing that comes to my mind. Okay. Take that back. Feel so, the pinch. Yes, I'm doing something. Oh, that's not scripted. Sorry about that. <laughs> I think we're good. Well, this is right on brand for me because I'm a very this big is go. So. This is going to go in the uh, the promo reel. Please do. My mom would be like, yep, sounds about right. I'm, okay. I break stuff all the time. I'm all right. Not touch that. <laughs> okay, we're cool. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> what was the question? Oh, yeah, acting, my perspective. Um... It's, I think for me, okay, I know. So in the beginning, probably when you first met me and just, you know, I had just moved to LA to really give this like Mm -hmm. full commitment and a real go and not, you know, part-time while doing all these other things. So like, no, I'm going all in. And so that being said, I hadn't really had any like formal, formal training besides, you know, in elementary school and those type of plays and that, you know, theater arts as a kid. So going into it first, it was it took a lot of work to undo the mm-hmm. things that we how we mute ourselves. At least I did for a while, which I, we may get into, we may not. So first, it took a while to open myself up, and then I approached it in a very studious way, like okay, learning this new technique of Meisner, and this is how you're supposed to do this, or whatever. So I was always so guarded with it all because I wanted to do it right and do it. But what does that mean? And so now that I've been consistently taken, like next month, besides when I had surgery, which we may get into, um, I've been taking classes consistently since 2017. So now I feel like a little more seasoned and I'm into all these other schools. And now I just feel like it's so much, it's so much more than what I thought it was. You know, it's just being like confident and being open and just having fun and playing. Like, you know, I know I'm not the person who said this, like it's called a play for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think so much in the beginning of my acting, I held on to everything so tight and I forgot about the having fun part and just really playing and just being free. And so I think now, like that's been my new approach. Like now that it's like, I have technique, you know, not to say I'm, I'm, I'll never be done and I'll always be taking classes, but just allowing myself to have the freedom to get it wrong or just to do, I'm not gonna wave my arms too much, but just, you know, be free and relax and just let it take me somewhere and just really. So I think that's probably the difference with me now is just no one really knows what, you know, like there's no right way or wrong way or, you know, this person to tell you this and then this other export, expert will say the exact opposite. But at the end of the day, it's just knowing yourself, being authentic with yourself and just allowing it to take you somewhere instead of holding on so tightly. Mm, I love that. So long-winded, but you know. no, you know it makes sense. And like, I, I feel like, and you're way farther along than I am, but like, I do feel like I, I started to grasp some of the essence of instead of like trying to play this idea mm-hmm. or trying to make it supposed to be this, mm-hmm. just letting it be whatever it is. Yes, and being comfortable in that. That was something and, that I had to learn: being comfortable in whatever happens, happens. Yeah, but you do that work because it is written mm-hmm. a certain way. Like when you feel that, but to have that life be an authentic life as you live that out. Absolutely. So that's beautiful. And so, yeah, so, okay, so we got to backtrack. So we do this in Santa Monica. Uh-huh. I did see you recently 
uh, which was a great treat. But fill me in. <laughs> a lot of what happened, happened, what happened between you and I meeting in Santa Monica to uh, seeing you at Playhouse uh, a month or so ago? <laughs> okay, um, let's see. Um, I had surgery, um, which we can talk about. Okay. Um, I had surgery in 2021. Um, yeah, August 2021. That was interesting because I never, well, I had my tonsils taken out as a teenager, but outside of that, I had never, like I had prided myself in being in good health and, yeah. you know, and so um, when that happened, it really put a lot in perspective, you know, like for me, like, oh, wait a minute, like I really have to take care of myself, but also at any moment, all of this could be gone, you know, um, and so it was it was weird, um, but I had um, a surgery that put me off of my feet for like about five weeks, I think it was. Um, oh, I'm about to go in. Okay, so go I was gonna in. go authentic. We're, we're, we're right. going in. I'm going in. You so, know, like the, the playground where there's the big slide yeah. or whatever. Just let go. All right. <laughs> so, um, so I had surgery. I had some thankfully um, benign tumors removed. Um, um, so I had surgery on my lower abdomen. So I have a really cool gnarly scar around there now, like that's this long. Um, and so my mom and my stepdad came to take care of me for a few weeks. And then my best friend, Danny, shout out to him, AKA Puerto Rican Drake. Um, he came from New York and he took care of me. So being so, like, I, again, pride myself on just doing, being so self-sufficient, moving away from home, you know, in my late teens and moving first to New York, then here, like I can do it all by myself. And then when the world puts you still like no you need people to take care of you like that was it was very like humbling and I don't know it, it really put a lot in perspective like just keeping it 100 I was very I was strong and whatever up until like the night before surgery and I was like oh my god what if I don't make it out of this surgery so I was like uh so you know I sent a couple texts and like just in case and you know a couple of you know making like videos and that kind of stuff just in case but um as you can see I'm alive and well but then, you know, just being like having your mother like take you to the bathroom and sometimes mm -hmm. not making it at a time. Um, that definitely, you know, just really, again, humbled, humbled me a lot because you put we take um, for granted just little things that we assume most people can do, like having sight, having vision, being able to walk, you know. And so it really like I just would remember saying to myself as I was laying like um, I had a hospital bag bed at my house, like when I'm able to walk, I'm going to do this thing. And when I could do, you know, like that. So it really put a lot of just appreciation and gratitude about having this because there's so many, you know, I don't. Forgive me, I don't know the proper terminology, but you know, so many, I would say differently abled people out there that that's just their life yeah. and they aren't bitter about, it, or, you know, they find ways to, and I'm not comparing that obviously because I was able to heal, but the point I'm making is it just really forced me to have gratitude on the things and not take for granted that I could, you know, walk. So then, I don't know, it helped me to be not lazy too, I think. Um, I mean, sometimes I'm still lazy, but you know what I mean, yeah. just really... I forgot the question, <laughs> but, oh yeah, I'm telling you about my whole life, right? Since 2021. If I could just uh, add on to that, sure. I, everything you just said, I completely. Yes, you can really. You, you said it, you said it, everything you're saying is 110% correct. Like we, we take for granted the ableness we have to mm -hmm. do things and just that everything's going to be like this forever. Yeah. I think we, a lot of people, we learned that during COVID, but what with what we're describing like health stuff's like no like boom yeah like that's <laughs> just it. like that yep. like just like that 
mm-hmm. everything changes. Um, yeah. So I totally align with everything you just said. And I, I, I feel you like Eric Jorgensen, who he had to help me <laughs> go to the, yeah, make it to the bathroom, help exactly. me shower. Like it, it was, it, you, you, um, you get humbled. Yeah. Like you said, like, and you really, you just, you come from a different, it changes you, but I think it changes you in a good way. Yeah. It, it brings, it really brings your true humanity out. So now when you do see someone uh, on crutches or mm-hmm. in a wheelchair or whatever it may be, it's like, you, you think I gotta go get that door for him. Yeah. I gotta, how can I, you know, so thank you for sharing that. No worries. Um, but you're good now. Everything's good. I'm good now. Thank God. Um, then after that, like right, right when I healed, um, I moved to London <laughs> randomly. I didn't know that was going to happen um, for work. And that was interesting because outside, of, I had had been to Cuba. Um, and I guess off U.S. mainland, I went to Puerto Rico um, for the first time and also Hawaii. But outside of that, I hadn't really went, you know, travel, traveled or been to another country besides Cuba. So that has been an interesting experience living there. Um, let's see, condensed version of that. Cause that's all we gotta do another podcast. Like, I guess maybe ask me specific things about London. Okay, well, first question or, is how long did you spend there okay. when you first went there? What was the, what was the duration of time? So I went there October 28, 2021. Okay. I remember it cause it was two days before Halloween, three days before Halloween. And then I was there all... Should I say this or immigration represent? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, roughly, I was there um, for <laughs> until until August of 2022, <laughs> give or take. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, you're there for a good several months. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a 2021. Um, and then I'll be back shortly. But it was just an interesting experience because it puts so much. First of all, I learned that America is not the center of the world um, because, you know, we're I mean, we're taught, you know, like our way. We think everybody does stuff the way that we do it or said, but we're just this one small piece and there's a whole giant world out there. And so that was like a like an interesting culture shock, especially those first three days, because I would just like street signs in London, for instance, we have street signs, right? It was so hard for me to find street. I don't know if you've ever been there, uh-huh. but they're on the buildings in like little bitty. It was like, how the hell are you supposed to know? They like <laughs> we're used to a pole, right? Yeah. With a green sign, maybe a white sign or even a blue sign, but a pole with a sign. Nope. On the side of a building here, a little mold there. You know, I mean, this is stuff that's, you know, 800 years old, right? Yeah. Um, at least. Well, I mean, more than that. But um, so that was, and I was like, why is this like this? And I don't know what a kilometer is. And then like setting, even just setting my thermostat, like what? Like I have no idea what Celsius, uh, still, I just, now I just do like a 20 degree difference. <laughs> that's my conversion. But like just those little things, like it was definitely a rough learning curve like specifically though and it's like it's the same language but it's not the same language they definitely speak a different different so that was once I got past that then it like I, I mean I fell in love and it was an interesting time too because there when I got there their COVID restrictions were completely different like LA was shut down the first day I got there I saw um God, Lee, what was this play? Um, oh, Macbeth. Oh. Um, with, oh, I'm going to butcher her name. Swarsha, Sroden, Swarsha, the um, Irish. She's so good. I know her for um, sorry, probably. 
Swarcy, whatever. I'm sorry, I can't say Irish names, but um, she was in like the Lovely Bones and Little Women. Like she's whatever, mm. but she was in that play. Um, and I was so jet like definitely fell asleep, but it was good. It was really, really good. And just, that was my first time really getting to see like real theater. And it was like, no one's wearing masks. And so I was like, is this the same world? <laughs> like yeah. I just got off this plane and had all, you know, 13 hour flight. And then, no. And then after that, I went to like a birthday party, like through work. Um, and everybody was just like dancing and stuff like that. And I, I still, I talk about this night so much. It was one of the best nights of my life. Because I was like, I'm in this new place. You know, I had, you know, just recently had a breakup. And I'm like, this is a chance for me to reinvent myself. Like, nobody knows me. And I just was dancing there. And that's, unless I'm, you know, libated, um, which I don't drink as much now. Um, I don't really, you know, like we talk about like guarding ourselves, right? And so dancing is a thing that I don't often like, really go all out you know like sometimes i'm a little timid with i guess yeah. i'll say but there i was like the expression literally dance like no one is watching like that's what i was doing like so much so they're like <laughs> this sweet little late old lady came up to me whatever but the point is like i was just having this experience i was in this new place it was like being not liberate but you know being free you know because we had all been bottled up so long here with the restrictions which makes sense why but um I don't know. It was just such a special night that I hold on to so much. Even now, I'm probably like beaming talking about it, but it was it was just a it was a new way, a new chapter in my life. It really felt like that, and yeah, it was just like in the so, ground running from there. Sounds like the beginning of a movie, or like or yes. something like Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> I say that, yeah. That I was your Eat, Pray, Love moment. Literally, yes, and it continued from there. So we'll we'll be doing the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, uh, and probably you just were, you know, getting out of your surgery and again, like coming from a place where everything was shut down and then you come to there like, what the heck? Like, yep. is this real? Yeah. And also too, even just if y'all, if you've never been like just seeing that stuff, cause here, you know, our country is what less than 300 years old. And so there's so much history and beautiful architecture and stuff that I had never seen before. So even just walking, like I remember, um, a friend of a friend who's a friend that I had met here is British. And so when I got there, she was back there. And so she showed me, like, she took me on a walk, like the, maybe like that first week I was there and she took me to the Somerset house and it wasn't open at the, like at that day, I think it was maybe late, but just going there, it's like this manor or whatever, but just standing there and seeing like all the, like the majesty of it. I was like, some Lord lived here hundreds of years. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. don't have those types of things yeah. in such a new country. Mm -hmm. So it really, again, just like sitting there. And that was another thing. It was like, we think that we're you know, the shit in America. Sorry, I don't know if I can guess, but like oh, there's can. stuff that's been here like way before our little bitty baby, you know, country. And it's just beautiful. And it just, it made me realize like how small, you know, like we all are in the scheme of life. And there's so, you know, we're small, but we're big, right? But um, yeah, so it was just so much like just to soak in. And it, yeah, I'd never got to do a semester abroad. So it's kind of like I'm doing that now so now you're making me really want to do that because that's been on my radar now for a while but now it's like okay now i have to do this <laughs> yeah and then you can take a train to paris that's what i did um you just go to paris 
go to Belgium. Like, and that's another thing too, like the way we have states, you know, like just driving to a state, it's like, no, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to Paris tomorrow. You know, just, it's like, what? Like, did you all, go all over Europe? Have you been all over? Not all over, but I'm gonna because I did. I was there for work. I don't got it like that. I'm not just jet setting around <laughs> the world because I'm Posting balling. on the gram, like yeah, <laughs> like no, don't get it twisted. I was working very much so. So the few off days that I did have, um, I did get to see a little. Mostly around the UK, though. Um, the only other country I went, I think, the only other country I went to was Paris or France, which I went to Paris. I don't think I'm. Yeah, supposed to go to Belgium. That didn't work out, but this time I'm going there and Amsterdam. Oh, um, right away. <laughs> so those are gonna be my first trips when I when I go back. Now, is Stonehenge close to where you're at? I'm, uh, where so is that at exactly? I'm it is in the UK. It's just yeah. far, but I am going to go there too. But it's that's the only thing that's there. So, um, sorry <laughs> if I'm offending people. So, like, <laughs> it's a trek, you know, just for that. So, but I would make a weekend trip trip out of because it's not something I can just, like, you know, hop on the tube, as they would say, oh, the and, and just go to. Like, you can't do Like, you need to, like, rent a car or do, like, a bus or something to go um, to where it is. Is there a ferry you take so when they say because uh, what the UK can go across to Europe on a ferry or is it a train do you have to go over a body of water I guess um, under one well like for so instance, you go underwater yeah like when I went to Paris for instance I took a train tube. yeah well the, oh. no the tube it, the tube see I can't even say it what we in America would say tube they have like a few extra I don't know if it's this doms or sim uh so, blah, blah, blah. Symbols, so whatever I'm trying to say, syllables. So they would pronounce it like a ch sound, so like the tube. But that's the what we would say the subway in New York or something like that. So that's just a regular subway. But at St. Pancras, which is the Harry Potter train station, apparently, that's where they have like the Eurostar. And that train will go to Belgium or to Paris or whatever. So that's that's what I took. And it does go underwater. Okay. But you don't see it. That's another thing. Yeah, because I, you know, went with a friend. They're like, "Yeah, you're gonna see. You know, you're going underwater." So I'm expecting. I'm like, "How does this work? Do I need like snorkel stuff, or like am I gonna see <laughs> gonna fish be, like, and sharks stuff? and whales next to me?" Like, I'm like definitely, <laughs> it's black. You don't see anything. You're just in this thing. How long so, does it take? Like, what's it? It only takes. Talking about Houston being big, I think yeah. we talked about this. So it's only. It was barely two hours to get from um, from London to Paris on the St. Pancras. That's crazy. So you're underwater for two hours. Not the whole time, but okay. you can feel it. Like my ears would feel the difference or whatever, but a good chunk of it you are. I'll say maybe 45 minutes. Sorry if I'm wrong. Something along those lines. It's just crazy to think about. I don't know why I'm finding that so fascinating because there's nothing I, like that here. There's nothing like that here. Like you're literally going underwater yeah. for two hours. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, you can't <laughs> I think, think I'd much about... rather be high in the Sky, true. Then under what? I, I don't guess know. conceptually, if you really <laughs> think about it, it's like, ugh. I didn't think about. It. Well, now when I go again, see you messed up. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, it's fine. It's fine. It's well. I'm sure they do it. How many times? Exactly. That, yeah, it's fine. So. Um, uh, but, question two. Yeah. Uh, so, like, what are the people like in compare? I, I don't know. I'm not trying to say one's better than the other, but like, just is there a different vibe with people? How people interact? Is it more friendly or is it a different type of... Because you've lived in New York City before too, right? For 15 years, actually. Yeah. So yeah. you have so a good... Time. like You know what I mean? Like you've lived in LA, you've lived in New York, you're from Houston. Yeah. You've got a pretty good mix, at least from the US going over there. So how does that compare like from where you've been? I would say it's probably closer to New York. I would say, you know, people have, you know, with, you know, 
their business, right? So they're going here, they're going there. Um, I wouldn't say they're not, they're definitely like, hmm, not warm and fuzzy. Like they have an expression, like the stiff upper lip is like a British expression, whatever. So they're not necessarily like the people I got to know, I got to know them and see a lot of their emotions, but you know, other people that I met surface level, um, you know, were more stoic, but I have been told that we're much more, oh, I know, they are, they're, we kind of beat her, uh, they beat around the bush more. We're much more direct, I learned. So <laughs> I, like, I was definitely called aggressive a few times there, a few, a few times there, or whatever. But it was just like, no, you know, we're just so, it's just, I think it's just a cultural difference. Um, I met a lot of great artists there, like a lot of people in plays and stuff. Mm. And so a lot of those people were very warm and friendly and generous with themselves um, and with their time and just really passion. I'll say a lot of people, they're passionate about whatever the thing is that they're doing mm -hmm. and not that people here aren't, but um, yeah. And I would also say they, I would feel like they're more matter of fact, I think. Mm -hmm. So that could be a good or a bad thing. Like in New York, I appreciate that. Some people that go to New York from the South might say that people are rude, but I just think they're more, you know, like matter of fact, matter of fact. I think I've been saying matter of fact, matter of fact. Can you um, break that down? Like what do you mean by matter of fact? So like, you know, to the point, like if I go to, you know, a, a cafe, you know, to get a spot tea, um, you know, it's not, you know, it's not gonna be like, hi, how are you doing? You're not gonna get the Trader Joe's apple experience, you know? <laughs> Trader Joe's. Yeah, you know, but it's not like they're mean, you know, it's just like, it's just that stiff, you know, upper lip if you will. I know it's a weird expression, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, that makes sense. Um, I just started having Trader Joe's flashbacks oh. too. <laughs> oh, I think the other thing, I know where else where I was getting at too. <laughs> Couple incidents, like one at a movie theater, but um, like when people are bothered by stuff, that's what I mean too. Like they'll go around, you know, like in and I feel like we will confront that like I did in the Scream 5 movie because I wasn't liking what I was saying. So I may have told someone to shut the fuck up. But, <laughs> but, you know. How did uh, that go down? <laughs> well, the movie, I finished the movie, but um, there's a chunk that I missed with Sydney, so I don't know what happened in it. But, um, yeah, so at that point, that's when I learned that Americans are really aggressive, I guess. But I feel like I would have done the same thing that anybody else would have did. If their movie experience or their cinema experience was being ruined by overly drunk people with bottles and you know right it's and it was like an early showing so yeah. it was just really <laughs> random side note uh i went to the movies recently and mm -hmm. i love going to the movies but one thing i do we have to have that many snacks <laughs> like you know what i mean like it's just like i, I get like getting a little something but like right. there's literally just and all i hear is a <laughs> Like, during that, it just kind of took me out of it. But yep. sorry, you just reminded me of that. Like, yeah, movie etiquette was 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 something. Yeah, I see. You're with me exactly. Yeah, so. it's like I want to enjoy, but see, we're going. We want to sink in and enjoy this yeah. film that's being shown. But okay, so that that all being said, now uh, now I'm curious. Mm -hmm. So tell me what it was like when you came back to America after being away for so long. Did it change your perspective of here um, now that you had lived in somewhere completely different for that amount of time? It did. Um, and just another thing, too, um, I guess this kind of ties, like how 
how I see myself, I think, mm. really changed too. Because again, when going back to the people, like it's gonna be candid. So when I got there, I realized that I was exotic there. And I was like, what exotic? Um, Cause a lot of people would tell me that you're the first African-American that I had ever met. And I'm like, what? I was like, there's black people everywhere. First of all, I realized, and that's another thing too about the, um, I guess the right word is ethnocentric thinking about America as mm -hmm. the sense of the world. The world, Cause when I say black people or what I thought of black people, I'm talking about African-Americans then going there was like, no, we are not the, like a black British person is not African-American like that, you know? Mm. And so that kind of, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they were not. Uh, yeah. But in duh. It, but it's like, again, that's not something that because never leaving America, we think that the world, you know, so I was exotic in that way because, and I was like, oh, what? You never met, I was like, that's crazy to me. It was like, well, we've met Americans, but I don't know, so maybe taboo or sorry, don't come for me on social media, but- um, Oh, they're coming. Um, I know, they're kind of like, please. I don't know, cause they were, sorry, I'm not trying to say any stereotype, but I was like, what do you mean? You know, so I was like, I guess thinking about like my family, like I don't know, or even just other black Americans that I know, I don't know a lot of people that even have passports, let alone that have traveled. So I guess that's kind of what the people that I was encountering or whatever. So we're like, oh, you're exotic. And then, and this is another thing too, that um, kind of the tie with the acting and that kind of stuff about like confidence and being your authentic self, your authentic self. Um, when people like, I'm not gonna lie, I got like a lot of male attention there, which was interesting. Um, and I was like, what? And I was like, why? Cause sometimes I'd go out, I'm just like, you know, at that time I had like an afro, I was just like a like a guy or whatever. So I'm like, what? Like, why? I was like, why are you attracted to me? And then I was like, why not? And I was like, ah, oh, because I live in America. And so I'm taught from an early age, like, you know, and I'm, this is not coming for Beyonce, we're both from H-Town, but like, you know what I mean? Like that, like Viola Davis talks about the paperback test, for instance, like certain, um, which just means like leads, like a lot of leads, especially in the early nineties, like that were African-American women were like the skin tone of a paper bag which I am not. And so being a darker skinned woman is recently starting to be more like accepted as a lead, you know, like her and, mm -hmm. and um, how to get away with murder. Or you're just starting to see that more. But over there, that was like a thing, like even on the commercials. And that was something that I, that caught my eye right away. There were so many commercials with dark skinned women with natural hair, with stuff that I'm not used to seeing in America. So my whole sense of self just changed. And I remember like having like kind of getting a little emotional. It was like, it took me, you know, 30 something years to get to this place, you know, like of learning. It took me going to this other country to really see myself. If, if that makes wow. sense. So that's what yeah. I mean by like- It's a deep insight right there. Yeah, and it was, like I said, like I couldn't believe I said that. Like I actually literally said this to this guy. He wrote his phone, he was a bouncer at this place. Um, God, I can't remember, it was like their hipster area. Oh God, so that's what it be. Is it Brickley? I forgot the name of it now, which is crazy, but whatever. It's like their kind of Brooklyn little area. But anyway, this bar. And I was like, we're literally dressed the same. Like, I don't like my beanie. Like, you know, we're both. And he like wrote his number on this thing. He was like, please call me. You know, I never called him. But I actually told him, I was like, why are you interested in me? Like, like who says that, you know? And so I just, I also did a lot of work on myself, I guess, being out of my element, like undoing all these different things that growing up and living in America, specifically the places I've lived in America and navigating them, undoing a lot of that and really loving myself more and finding 
you know who I am. I guess. That's, that's, so bringing that's awesome. that, so I guess that kind of is a long way of answering yourself in that bring bringing all that back here and just being I guess I felt more seen there before, which is interesting because I think population wise we probably have more black people. I could be wrong, but I think so just from from what I saw. But anyway, um, so just taking that ownership of who I am and bringing that back and being like, I might not fit the standard that is pushed out in my own home country, but the whole other rest of the world. And I, cause like, I know there's a term of like European standards of beauty here. I was in actual Europe and like, this is an authentic, you know, like experience, you know, like my nose, my hair, my um, skin tone is attractable, attractive and desirable too. And so it just really kind of opened up of like how like thoughts become things and how I see myself and think about myself moving forward. I will never, ever, like, I still can't believe I said that to someone like, why would you like me, you know? So I hope I answered your question. No, I mean, I mean, that that opens up a whole other realm of discussion. I mean, really, I mean, that goes deep because it's like, what is it about here? Like, are we that just superficial? And yes, yes, you know, and um, so in terms, I mean, we talked about this on the last podcast. Not too much has changed. Racial injustice is still happening every single day is it an issue over there like it is here did you see any of that did you see anything like that or is it more like over there from what it's sounding yes they'll recognize people look different mm-hmm. but it's like accepted like more like i will say that it's there's definitely more class there <laughs> it's much more classist there than racist there so it's about money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, I had a very interesting experience because I was there, you know, for work and, you know, I cook for a celebrity or whatever. So a lot of the places I navigated, I was with him. Mm-hmm. So I was treated a certain way because I was with him. So I was looked at this way, mm-hmm. you know, but then when I was navigating by myself, you know, depending on what I was dressed in, you know, and that's another thing. We're much more like talk about the people, they're way more stylish than we are. Um, but, um, you know, depending on how I went out, you know, like in my hoodie or whatever, you know, that determined how I was treated, which was interesting. Um, but. So it's more what type of money are you? Yeah. <laughs> but, or who are you? Like, you know, exactly. that type of thing. But the black people that I did meet there um, did say it was like, no, it's racist too. It's just we are in America, we're more upfront and they're more subtle. But it's just in general with other stuff, you know, again, like we're more direct. Like, you know, like they, you know, like the movie theater thing again, like I was sick of it. There were other people that were like huffing and puffing. I re- directly told them like, shut the fuck up. And I yelled this. The person was with was like, oh my gosh, I don't know you. And I was, like I screamed because I, and I had never done anything like that before outside of a door and activity in class. Yeah. But I was just boiling so much that I literally erupted in the whole theater. So, you know, so again, it's just, I think it's also culturally, we're just more upfront, but like if any of the stuff that happened here happened there it would be all over the news it would be i mean right now this specific story you know we happen to be you know the week of you know tyree nichols but it's so uncommon there that it would you know we're i I still think that we're much more desensitized to it because it happens so frequently and so in your face here and there um like if it would be just an uproar of great proportions um just a kernel of the stuff that happens here Mm. 
And you know what? What an experience for you to. It's really a gift to have gotten this experience, like you said, to reinvent yourself, yeah. to learn more things about yourself. What's what's something that you've learned about yourself? Like what, what was something that you realized about yourself when you went over there? Like, oh, wow, I never really, I am this or I'm not this or, you know, I do like this or I don't like this. Like what, something with awareness, perhaps. Jeez. Oh, man, what a good question. Um, I think... Um, that expression, you know, like, you know, you're so much bigger than you know, or you're more than whatever. I think, you know, I did a lot of faking it till I made it, you know, here with with that, you know, like having artificial confidence in myself without feeling it and knowing it in here. But I think just going there, being able to be whoever I wanted and just having different talks and experiences with other people there and then hearing them tell me about my story and my life. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I, this is, I have had a crazy ride, you know, or you can do this, you know, cause like with cooking or with acting or the whatever other hats I wear, they're like, you do all this stuff. But for me, I'm just like, I just do it, you know? But to them it's like, or to the people that I've met, you know, like that's not something that everyone, you know, does, you know what I mean? Like, if that makes sense, I'm, I'm being a little bit vague. So that being said, I think I took a lot more ownership, like, I really can do anything that I want, or I'm so like, I, I tell this to my mom often, but like, to me, like, I'm so much bigger than I know. And I don't mean it in an egotistical way by any means. Um, it's more so like, I can do this thing. You know, I might not know how, but I'm going to figure out whatever it is that, that I'm trying to do at this moment. I can do it. I have the capable of uh, the capability to, and the power, like I am powerful. I guess that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. That's a better way of saying you it. You are powerful. <laughs> and, you know, knowing you to the extent I know you like, man, you've, you've come through a lot of situations and Thank you're shining. You. You do, you do have a great energy to you right now. Like oh, a great. I'll be making me cry. I put on eyeliner just for this because I did not have this on. I, I think it's important. I give you know I give roses while we're all here, but it's like I, it's, I think it. it's a beautiful thing. Like because I feel so many people will never find that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like so, you've been through so much adversity, but look at you. You're you're still here. Like and, exactly. and then, and then having that perspective, like, well, they can all get taken away. That's at least for me. It's yeah. just like, I'm starting to wake up to that more. It's like, well, this can all just go. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you just, even if it's tough, mm -hmm. get exactly. through it or see, you know, push like you're through. you're limitless. It. Like, yeah. you're limitless. I'm limitless. Like only limits are the ones that we put up on ourselves. And I think too, because also I think by that same token, it made me realize how much time I've lost and wasted because of all these self-imposed doubts or lack of confidence or some of it's external too. And so that was another thing, like coming back, I'm like, now that I've experienced all this, so now I got this external validation from all these suitors or whatever, <laughs> like now I can take that back, you know, and like, you know, you know, go at the world, you know? So that was another, like, I really came back feeling more cultured, more experienced, but more like powerful and limitless, I think. Mm, that's dope. I'm telling you, you're inspiring me. I could go renew my passport. <laughs> like it expired. Yes, so come got, visit me. I got, <laughs> yes. So, okay. So that'll be, and uh, uh, real quick before I ask that question, mm -hmm. um, theater scene, 
London, you got a lot of it. Tell me about that. Yeah, I also, I was, I was so, you read my mind. I actually, I did a play there too. You did a play? I you did a play. a play. I did a play. Well, and tell me that about that. That was scary as hell because I was the only one that talked like this. And for some reason, when I was there, you know, listen to all of them talk like this. I swear I sounded like this to me in my ears. <laughs> like, I don't know what it was, but like my accent compared to them just sounded the like. Houston came like, right out. Yeah, I sounded like Bill Clinton ass there. <laughs> no, like for some reason, my ears was so tuned I was just like do I always sound like this I was like this cannot be my real voice like what is this I always thought I had a mixture I thought I always thought I had a neutral accent with certain words that are a little east coast and whatever but damn hearing all of their accents I definitely yeah I felt like now we're gonna go chain up this horse now and da, 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 da. but anyway that being said um the the class I was in it's interesting because we had to do a play in like a month's time. So you learn and do all this. So it was so much pressure. But again, I was just like, I'm doing things different. I'm going to take this leap of faith. So, you know, at least, I don't know, if maybe this is just me, but I always think that British actors, they're so much better or whatever. So I was so intimidated from the jump. So the first class was a little rough, but then I was just like, you know, well, these people don't know me and I'll probably never see them again. So just go and just be and stand on the stage. And even if you're doing this play and you're the only one that's talking like this, cause you're damn sure not gonna do a British accent in front of all of them and an all British audience. So just letting that go and just being my authentic self is the only person that talked like this in this play. Um, was an interesting experience, but it was it was fun. And now I can say I performed theater, and, you know, you can. <laughs> but um, other plays. So um, I saw the collaboration with Paul Bettany and Jeremy Pope. One of the best things I've ever seen in front of my eyes. Um, I saw what did I see? Oh, Macbeth. Like I said, the first day. I saw one big play and I hope it comes here. It was a musical, which normally I'm not a fan of musicals, even though I love music and theater together. Eh. But um, Get Up Stand Up, which was as the Bob Marley play. I saw that play six times. I started to, I've actually befriended some of the people from there. Like we still talk now and like hang, actually my acting class was a recommendation from one of the people that Whoa. was in the Get Up Stand Up. So um, that was that was an interesting experience too because I had actually never been to the, my first time going to theater was in the UK actually, um, so it was just it's it's different. You definitely get to really feel like people's energy like on you know a high level. Um, also, that's another place where I saw a lot of the cultural aspects because theater is expensive, you know? And so I was very surprised at Get Up Stand Up when like 98% of the audience, you know, were white people and they're mostly older white people. And I'm like, they just grooving and wide. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I remember specifically getting, you know, to meet the actors backstage and they were all so humble and so great. First of all, just hearing them talk. I was like, you were literally just speaking pet to I'm like, wait, you're, you're Sound like the queen now i was like damn these people are so fucking talented <laughs> shit they're so good because you know you know the in the play they're doing you know jamaican accents um but they were so grateful and like you know you know for us to be there and seeing other people you know of color because they're like it's very rare mm -hmm. we're doing this black play and there's this um story behind it and it's very rare that we actually have black people in the audience seeing it so i didn't never think about that, like how that affects, you know, a performance can or can't. So um, that was an interesting experience and just really seeing how hard they work and how much 
and everybody was just everybody could sing they could dance I was just like what can't the Brits do like they're actors yeah. so this time when I take classes I'm gonna make sure like I'm gonna take classes over there next month so um but what else did I see I saw some more at the National Theater but the names are escaping me um oh I saw oh I think this play was called 19 I want to say I can't remember one of the one of the leads he played in this like limited series called Small Axes. But the other one, um, he if you've seen that show that came out the beginning of quarantine, I May Destroy You with Michaela Cole was mm-hmm. on HBO. It was a great, but it's yeah. very dark. But he's the lead in that. And he was completely different in this play. I was like, what? Like he's but he was playing multiple, like he was playing clones of himself. So he was playing like six different people in this play. And just like seeing how his whole body, I was like, how are you doing that with the same body? Like, you know, just really like I I just I guess what I'm trying to say is I got to be so inspired. And so it was almost like I fell in love with the craft again, just being immersed in so much great art and for the sake of art, because you know, that performance is never going to happen again. And these people might not ever make it to Hollywood or maybe don't want to make it to Hollywood. And I mean, that's a standard of acting, you know, right there. So it was it was interesting just really being touched and being able to fall in love with the craft again while I'm also finding myself again. Mm, and you bring up something interesting. Scott Trost, who is on, he's, I don't know if you've ever met him. He's been at Playhouse and he's the executive director of the Meisner Institute. Mm-hmm. And he teaches all over the world. And, mm-hmm. A question I asked him, I'm like, you know, are these other parts of the world, are they wish more all about the craft? Mm-hmm. Um, like he teaches in Egypt and in Greece and all these other places. And he said, I don't know if it applies to everyone, but he said he has a good amount. Like the first question they asked is, uh, what's Hollywood like? Oh, really? Like they want to go to Hollywood. So I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering, oh, wow. like in London, is it like, are a bunch of people like with Hollywood on their mind? Or is it more, they're just doing this because they love to do it. London theater is enough for them. Or maybe both. Maybe they mix it up. Thinking about the people that I personally... Well, one actor that I know, he actually is starting to work here. He's British, but he is. Um, he was on Till that recently came out, the Emmett Till movie. Oh. Um, and I think he was in The Shy. Um, so he's kind of already doing it. But I think my... I don't know like what their further mm-hmm. aspirations were, but I think it was more just really because they can't do anything else. Like, not because they can't have the ability, but I mean, like, they can't, you know, like, I want to do this so much, you know, like, I couldn't be a doctor, I couldn't do, you know, so it's just like, I just love this so much. If something else happens, great, but I'm not, like, no one was in a rush. And that's another thing, again, that I had to learn there, because we think everyone wants to come to America, you know, like, or not, you know, like, it's just like, no, this is what I want to do. And almost everyone that I met that was an actor was also a phenomenal singer or a painter or whatever. So they were just so artistic and like, because I cannot not do this, you know, I cannot not do this. You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, that's the, no, I know exactly <laughs> um, what it is. But yeah, so yeah, I, I don't say, I can't say anybody was just like so eager. They may have been, but they didn't share it to me, but it was more so like, this is what I do. And I also wrote this one man play that I'm going to do after this thing and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, man, you guys are so talented. So talented. There has to be a great energy <laughs> to be around. And I, I feel like LA has definitely a lot of that because mm-hmm. there are people out here that just want to do art and they care less if it blows up. But then right. there's people that come out directly to blow to, up. To blow up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's uh, 
But like you said something, because I know I, I know I've just come to that conclusion. There's just some creative things I have to do. Like mm-hmm. I, I cannot not do that. Exactly. Like That's what said. I was trying to say. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's just uh you know, you may not be able to do it full time all the mm-hmm. time, but just need a piece of it. Exactly. You just need a little bit of it. Because you got to survive and live and do all that fun stuff. Adulting, yes. <laughs> Adulting and oh, paying no. rents and all yes. that stuff. But I realized, man, like it's better to at least just have a piece of it mm-hmm. than nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And London, too, it's very big, right? Like it's huge. I think, it, isn't it like 8 million people, 9 million people? It's like it's, really big. It is big, but it's interesting because I had this debate with some people there because I felt that New York was much bigger. Really? And then we, I was like fighting people over this and like, this is your American thing. No centric. And so like, I was just, oh, I was like, no, I know for a fact. And then we Googled that shit. I was like, damn it. Well, we won the American <laughs> Revolutionary War. <laughs> like, you know, um, shit. Do they still but, talk about um, that over there? Like, is that uh, brought up at all? By me, <laughs> whenever I needed to, I was like, that's why we threw all y'all tea in the water. <laughs> and I'm like, because they love their damn tea. Shit. Um, but um, you're just starting all types of shit over there. Right. I to, might not be able to come back. I'm tell people to shut the fuck up. And right? <laughs> Can we show this after March, after I'm safely back? They oh, this won't air till March, in. so you're good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll be, you'll already be over there. So. <laughs> um, but wait, what were you saying before that? I got it on its tea. Uh, how big it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. So to me, it actually felt small small because but i realized it was because i was ma- mainly in central london to begin so like there's only so like most of their things are in one certain area they're things like attractions you know like the london eye and but big ben and you know parliament and you know what's her name uh westminster abbey like all of those things and the British, I actually lived on the street where the British Museum was. So there were so many things condensed in a small um, area, but they have zones and all of that still like London. I guess maybe I would compare it more so to LA in that kind of way, you know, like all these different villages that make up LA County. Mm. So it's like all the, so it's like that yeah, central that London sense. is exactly. So yeah. like central London is zone one and then it goes out in like zone two and blah, blah, blah. And it also gets more expensive as you move out. So there's all these other parts that are still London proper. But um, for me, it still felt small. But I get, like looking back, it's because like I'm like, wait, I know where I am, or you know, like I, like by the end, I was like, I know my way around here. So I was just like, I'm a local. I was giving people directions. <laughs> I'm a local. I, I gave people directions so much, and I was like, oh my gosh, like yes, let me tell you how to get there. And so I was like, that's when I felt official when I, um, when I was able to give people directions. But it feels smaller. <laughs> but yes, technically, if you Google it, or you get in an argument with the Brit, London is better. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I remember when you first went over there seeing it on Facebook and then like that you just kept being over there. Like I didn't realize like you were going to be over there over there. <laughs> it's like, oh, Kamitra went to London. I went, oh, she's probably going to check it out for a couple of weeks. And then it's like three months go by, four months go by. Yep. Like st- still there. So uh, as you're gearing up to go back mm-hmm. and don't worry, this this will air by the time you're already over there. <laughs> so uh Obviously, you talked about you want to go different places. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? Like, um, maybe you have no expectations going over there, but is there anything in uh, that maybe you're expecting from this next experience going over there? And how, how long do you plan on staying over there this next time? Um, don't listen to immigration. Uh, <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I'll, I'll be there for at least five months. So I'll be back in the fall. Um, yeah, in the fall. 
I think this time around, like now, like knowing how to navigate, like all those faux pas that I made in the beginning, I will not make this time around. Um, I think one thing that I don't think I took it full advantage of until towards the end um, was just being like doing stuff like out and just being like, if that makes sense, like, I, you know, I'd go out, you know, like walk, you know, like go to this thing or go, you know, to this, but just doing stuff outside in the space. I, I kind of took some of that for granted, partly because the weather was just bad too. It was like, you know, rainy and like that shit's true. It does rain. Uh, right? uh, the first month it was nothing but rain and gray. I don't even think the sun paid a visit until six weeks later, but um, it got dark so quickly, um, but it just was the time that it went. But just, you know, like, going to sit by this dope sculpture or just going, you know, being out and writing and just journaling out, being out in the surroundings and soaking, you know, because there were some days where I was like, oh, I don't have to leave today. I'm not leaving the place. I was like, why? You know, like, so I really want, especially since this will be a shorter time immigration, um, I want to just soak up where I am more. And also I spent so much time in central London that I want to go, you know, to some of those. Other, I did go to some of those other zones here and there, but just really exploring more other areas and also definitely go into Scotland this time as well because I didn't go to Scotland last time. Ireland, are you going to go there too? Yes, I would like to go to Ireland. It also depends on if I get some days off. <laughs> but like, so, so some of the shorter trips, like Ireland would be like, I'd really need days off for that. But, you know, like Paris, you know, I could do quicker or, you know, Belgium, I can't. I think that's like a four hour train ride, but I could at least take a train. Like Ireland, I'd have to fly there. Um, so. So creatively, what what's on the horizon? Any what what aspect aside from I mean the general thing of acting? Is there anything else creatively that's calling to you, or something you want to do, whether it's over there or in the near future? Um, I'm gonna put this on tape so that someone has to hold me accountable for this. Um, yeah, I definitely like, I'm gonna take classes there again um, as well, but um, one downside of, about being away in this beautiful place is it did kind of put my career on pause and my like actively acting. Like what I mean by that is doing projects and short films, you know, cause I crammed a lot of stuff in July of 2021, you know, cause I was all more, you know, doom and gloom, not knowing what's going to happen. So like, at least have something, you know, kids this story goes around. So, but I haven't made anything since then. So, um, I, you know, not being able to just really do more outside of class, you know, kind of dampened my soul a little bit. And so, um, and my mom has gotten so, I keep talking about my mom, my mama's girl, um, like so into acting through my experience or whatever. So she's always watching all these shows and stuff like, what? Like, they need to put my baby on this. And I was like, they do need to put your baby on this. But I, I was talking to her last week and this just came out. I had never said this before, but um, I was like, instead of, waiting for someone to open the door for me, I'm gonna build a whole house and let them in the door. Mm. And my mom was like, oh, that was good. I was like, oh, I just made that up right on the fly. Um, so that being said, one thing that I'm gonna do, um, well, I have something that's in the works with Melanie. Oh, um, but Melanie I, Thompson? Yeah, um, but I wanna keep that on the low for now, because, yeah. But um, the, the thing about building my house is, I was like, I think about all the limitations, right? Like who's gonna record this for me? Who's gonna shoot this or how, you know, casting me? I was like, why why not do something where I don't have to rely on anyone else but myself? So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna write a one woman show. Um, so that's what I'm gonna do um, while I'm there is- Play or film? A play. 
because yeah. I was like, so many people, like, I think, um, I'm, I don't know her name, or I'm forgetting her name, but Fleabag, uh, her name's Phoebe something, I don't know if you know that. She's the one who also did the show Killing Eve. Um, sure. Her name's Phoebe something, but her and then Michaela Cole, who I brought up earlier, both of them did, you know, one of they both happen to be British as well. Um, but, you know, one woman shows, but there's other people too, like Anne Renee Smith, who is a playwright, um, African-American playwright here who also in the 90s wrote um, um, a one-woman show for herself. And that was her vessel. So the point that I'm making is I'm not going to limit myself to, you know, like, okay, when I get back to America and whatever time, you know, trying to find an Asian again, because my agent ghosted me while I was away, yeah. you know, waiting for someone. I'm like, no, I'm going to do this thing and put myself out there. And like, I'll decide, you know, who I'm going to let in the door. And so I get, so again, going back to, you know, like claiming your own power and that limitless, limitless, that I learned from being there before. I'm going to take that, you know, maybe I'll do that while I'm out and about there, you know, just start, you know, the writing. But the point is putting this, they'll hold me to this in 2024. If y'all ain't seen my show yet. Um, call you up. <laughs> yeah, call my ass out on social media. So that's one creative thing I'm going to do is, because um, Melanie's always like, you tell so many stories and you're so funny. You're so good at stories. So I was like, you know, what? I haven't figured out I don't even know how. I'm just going to Google how to write a what woman show and start from there and start by journaling, um, too, while I'm out and about. And, yeah, I'm just going to perform that shit. Hell, yeah. Well, hope, I'm going to be hoping, there. I'm, thank you. I'm hoping yeah. to get it You're bringing done. it to LA, of course, right? Yeah well, yeah. well, I mean, it'll probably take the whole time I'm there to even write and it. bring it back. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if, if it gets written before I leave, then I'll find like a black box theater or somewhere there to do it mm. um, at least once or twice. But yeah. definitely do it here, New York, while I'm in Texas, wherever. But just putting myself out there and... Like, what do I have to lose? Like you said, anything could be gone at any moment. So, yeah, so why not go all the exactly. way? Exactly. And you Build mentioned. In my house. Yeah, that, that's incredible. And, and a few things I want to say first is uh, you are so extremely talented. I, I mean, I've just from <laughs> working with you and seeing you and, and uh, you know, doing showcases with you. Like, it's, Thank you. It's been a gift it. to like work with you first and foremost. And I always go back to that fantasy unit. And we'll, that is one of which, the which highlights we, of my <laughs> which we don't talk about because we don't talk yes. about outside but man those were some good times <laughs> what happens in fantasy stays in fantasy <laughs> but man were those some highlights for me too what a great class that was the Wednesday night shout out to the Wolf Wednesday yes. night class when we were all there it was yeah and you know what going to these other schools sorry like yeah. I, I realize now I, how much of a gift that was because I had the fortune, uh, the fortunate experience of coming to LA and that was my first acting school right off the bat. I thought that's just what it was. So yeah. now I've been to so many other schools, some of them here, some of whatever, and realized like, no, that is not the norm. <laughs> like, and that standard, that work ethic, that amount of talent, so many is, yeah. So realizing that that, like, that really was a gift and we were really all like in there together for each other. For yeah, sure. absolutely. And I wanted to mention too, you mentioned Melanie Thompson. She's very talented, uh, always putting stuff out there. And then Orhun was on the show. Uh, if I don't, what was the name of the film you did with him and Courtney Radke? Oh yeah, that was the last thing I did before my. I actually went to his show two days ago at the Haha. Ha. Um, oh okay, yeah yeah, he was down there, wasn't he? Yeah. It was called the Last Date. I think that ended up being the final. Um, yeah, title. you know what? Let me just confirm that because we're talking. Yeah, these are uh, <laughs> because I want to make sure I get that right. But I'm telling you, and I told him this. I can't remember if I told him on the podcast or what it was. 
Uh, Hi, Eric. <laughs> See your smiling face. I missed Eric. Shout out to Eric Sanders. Shout out to Eric Sanders. He's <laughs> Shout incredible. Shout out to you. Funny mofo there. Yep, I don't know what it was, but the last date, if that's what it was I'm called. I'm pretty sure um, that that was the last. The film you guys did, it's one of my favorite films I've ever oh. seen. Um, oh, wow. From... A group of people I know, mm-hmm. I, I guess, and it's just you and you and Cordy were brilliant in that. Like, and Orhun, the way he put it together was brilliant. And I, I and, you know, I, I know I'm hyping it up, but it was shot so different, mm-hmm. and the topic was <laughs> such the way you guys did it with like the narrations in the mm-hmm. head, and I'm like, that is totally how a breakup would be. Yep, like those exact <laughs> yep. moments and those exact that thoughts. Experience with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I wanted to, now that we're here in person, that. yeah, I, I'm really glad I remembered because I almost forgot that we were talking, but you all, all three of you, Thank did an you. incredible job. It's crazy. That. I actually thought I was the weakest link in that, so I will take that for sure. Um, it was, yeah, it was interesting because that was something that was written for a guy, again, well, him. Um, so I was like playing him. So that was like a very interesting experience too. But But again, like why not you know like taking you know like and i'm kind of want to approach that too just with art as well like when people ask like what kind of career whose career would you like the automatic thing is to go with someone who's your same gender or your same um like demographic if you will but like for me like most of the people that i would like my career to be like are men so like why not not because they're men they just happen you know like like one person that's just right now i'm He's on my brain um, right now is Giancarlo Esposito, um, who was in like Breaking Bad and now Better Call Saul. And right now he's on The Godfather of Harlem with Forrest Whitaker. But this guy, I mean, he's been acting longer than any of us, even me. Is that Gus on Breaking Bad? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's he's, he's been he's been doing this since Do the Right Thing with um with Spike Lee in like 1985. He's in the Malcolm X Spike Lee movie. Exactly. Too. Yeah. They've done like three or four movies together. Yeah. But I'm like, why not say him? You know. So like when people say who's career, you know, I don't always have to say you know Viola Davis or you know even though. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I missed a shot on something with her, but that's for the next podcast. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, just again, like really. I lost my train of thought, but not limiting yourself to just, you know, like you could say whoever, or another one's Oscar Isaacs, who I really oh, yeah. like his yeah, work he's as brilliant. well. Well, and also too, like what you realize about acting and art, it's like not everyone becomes like this 21 year old <laughs> prodigy right at the bat. Like people have been doing this for years yeah. and, and finally catch a break at yeah. different decks. Sometimes it happens in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Yeah, but Brian if you Cranston. love doing it, Brian Cranston, like if you love doing it though, it's not going to matter because yeah. you love doing no matter what. And yeah, if something huge comes from it, okay, cool, but I'm going to keep doing this. Exactly. No matter what. You know, but I think a lot of people associate fame with... <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, we all, all three of us in this room know, I mean, how much work have you, Eric, and I seen like people in class. I say that all like, the time. That's what I try telling people. And like when people tell me like, oh, you don't need acting class. You don't need this. And I'm just like, man, if you saw the level like mm-hmm. of what people are at and they're, uh, I don't want to use the word struggling, but they're, they're quote unquote not known. Like yeah, they're not, exactly. they're just going through the rounds. I'm like, man, like it, it's just, it blows your mind. 
Yup. And also too, a lot of the people that you're seeing on TV and stuff like that, like they did like Meryl Streep, she can do what she does because she did like 30 plays at Yale before she was ever in a movie, yeah. you know, yeah. like 30 plays at Yale, you know, and so many other people are people that we think just came out of nowhere. Like another person, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, I think it is, who's in Atlanta and he's in the movie. He just got nominated for an Oscar with this movie with Jennifer Lawrence. I think mm. it's called Castaway mm. or Castaway is similar to the Tom Hanks, not similar title not yeah. with the thing um but he's another one that went to you know uh juilliard i think he went mm -hmm. to but so many of these people you know went to school you know yeah. like they studied this you know yes you'll have the people that are influ influencers that just get on a show or something like that yeah. but visibility does not equate to merit or talent you know, just because you've seen someone on a whole bunch right. of stuff doesn't mean they're any more talented than anybody that's been in one of our classes or has done a scene showcase with us. Because some of the best, and I've like, again, seen plays in London and New York on Broadway and here and everything else. And some of the best work that I've ever seen has been at Playhouse West in our classes, hands down. Hands down. Shout out to Playhouse West. PH Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, too, it's... Uh, what's the saying goes? It's like, if you want to be rich, do TV. Mm -hmm. If you want to be famous, do movies. If you want to be great, you do theater. That part. And the really great yeah. ones do do them all. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but they each have their... Yeah. You know... There's like, people that have Oscars that have never done a play. Will Smith talks about all the time how afraid he was to do theater. And I'm like, I've done more... I have more theater experience than people that have Oscars. But again, we think that... You know, that says that they're better actors or that determines, you know, that you're an actor. We feel we can't say I'm an actor until we have like those big credits or something like that. It's mm -hmm. like, no, you're an actor. If you put in the work and the craft to train, study, and it's in your heart. And you tell stories on, honestly and authentically. I want to just, and I've quoted him 10,000 times. I, Chris Lee is going to have to come on here eventually. Yes. <laughs> I just, I've talked to, I've quoted him so much, but he, I'll never forget the class where, I'm paraphrasing, but like through the stat out there where your talent is like 17% mm -hmm. of the process, you know, maybe you're not the right height. Maybe they like someone else's voice better. Mm -hmm. Maybe they want someone else's hair color. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many other things that go into these decisions of these, the quote unquote business mm -hmm. for some of these big time roles. Yeah. And it's not that the person doesn't have the talent or possibly they're actually might be the most talented one, mm -hmm. but they're needing to fill exactly for what they want so yeah man well this has been a treat this this has been um i feel like it just started but i long-winded so it's probably been two hours no <laughs> <laughs> well this is part two we're gonna do part three yeah we got it yeah i gotta see how the show goes this one moment yeah, oh no you're doing part three because i'm gonna ask you all right what's yes, up with the one when you, when you come this fall it. yes oh damn and you're right down the street so <laughs> i do yeah it literally takes me three minutes to get here yeah yeah you're technically my neighbor really i mean I, I for la standard i mean you're technically my neighbor exactly. i could walk to your yeah so um before we we wrap like what anything else you want on your mind life anything outside acting things you've been pondering pondering so my whole life is acting i have no life <laughs> <laughs> no um my life is my art or my art is whatever it goes. literally oh god well i mean duh. you know like it keeps whatever your thing is like everyone has something that keeps them 
you know, up at night or, or gives them that will to wake up, you know, the next day, or, or there's so many different things inside that people want to do for whatever reason can't do or too afraid to do or whatever. So again, with just like how life has been the last three years, both in the world and also for myself and the things that I've been through, like, I'm really just, I've been more telling people to just do whatever that thing is because you really do never know, you know, or, you know, just be your own like hero. Like I would, like I eventually, it's another project that I want to do. Sometimes I'll put this hashtag on some of my stuff. Like if I do an inspirational post, but I'm calling it the be your own hero project. Maybe I did talk about this in the other podcasts, but just, you know, really not letting, like if not now, when, right. Yeah. And um, you know what? I was going to post this, but I'll say it on here. So I, you know, I recently had a milestone birthday. We're not going to say what it was, but um, happy birthday, by the thank way. Thank you. Um, but anyway, on my, I had I'm so birthdayed out. I had so many birthdays. So I'm like, oh, I'm over it. I'm too old now. I felt that shit. But on my <laughs> actual birthday, when I was so tired from all the pre-birthday in, um, I went to a spa. And it was like one of those places where you spent all day. It was in New Jersey. So you go to these different spa rooms and blah, blah, blah. And then in one part, they have the baths, like the European baths, you know, when you get butt ass naked in these things. And so my entire life, I've been a person that struggled with body image and that type of stuff. And I was like, you know what? It's my birthday. I was like, before I leave, I was like, I'm going to get in this bath. And I was like, wait, how far do you have to walk naked? I was like, can I just drop my towel here? And they're like, no towels, no rope. So I was like, okay. And I got in this thing, butt ass naked with all these. And I was like, oh, I was like, my mom, I was like, I literally, my mom was just there two days before for my birthday. She flew to New York and we shared a room together. She's seen everything. And I felt uncomfortable changing in front of my mom two days before this. And then I got butt ass naked in this thing. And I was like, I didn't, you know, so like, I think it's Viola Davis who says, you know, like, even if you're afraid, like, do it afraid, jump afraid, you know, and like to everybody, because I like, so I did that. And for me, it was a big thing because I was like, I don't have any pictures of my twenties and other ages, like in a bikini or you'll, ne- you'll never feel, see a picture of me ever in my youth. Like that'll never, you know, because I've had this stuff. So I'm like, what, you know, if something were to happen to me tomorrow, like I would have lived my whole life, you know, like never just being free and comfortable in my own skin. So why not just do it? Because if not now, when you might not get that chance to, so to anybody out there that whatever it is, it doesn't have to be arts. It could be like, I always want to, well, I guess dancing is an art, but whatever it is, you know, like, even if you can't afford to do it as you're like, if you have a corporate job or whatever it is you have to do, you can't do this thing full time. Just do it anyway. Do it in your you time and make sure you give yourself you time. Cause that's another thing that I'm just starting to do now self care and really giving yourself space in this world. You don't always have to be hustle, hustle, hustle mentality because it's going to break you. It's going to wear you down and you're not going to be your best version in anything. So. Whatever it is anybody wants to do, just do it. Even if you're scared, do it afraid. And you will, that was another one of the happiest days of like my life. And I spent it mostly by myself. Uh, my friend Danny came and joined me later at the spa, but it's just for me, that meant something. Like, I don't know if I ever, I will get in the spa again naked, but I don't know for a while, but at least I did it that day. And I just am constantly now trying to surprise myself with the things that I was once too scared to do. Man, I'm. It's gonna be crazy when we do part three because I, I don't. Man, you you're just like blooming, like you you're oh. just like peeling the layers back. I love it. Like thank you. 
I, I just, I, it's a huge inspiration to me and to everyone listening or watching, like, to me, like, why not? Yeah, why, like, why not? not? I, I, one thing I've been playing in this game in my mind, like, what's the alternative? That's what I've been asking myself. Lately. I like that. What's the alternative? Because I'm like, oh, well, I can't maybe be able to do this. Or well, what's the alternative? Exactly. The alternative, you're just going to stay where you're at. Mm -hmm. And nothing ever is going to happen. Exactly. But if you at least try, maybe it won't happen. But the only way it can happen is to try. So the alternative is you're just going to sit wondering about it. Exactly. But something yeah. will happen. Even in that pursuit, even in that struggle. Something will happen. Something will happen. You're like, that's when the change comes when you're uncomfortable. Like, it's easy yeah. to sit in your own shit every day or to turn, you know, on Netflix or whatever, you know, and just do that rather than to like, you know what, like, I'm going to figure this out. I always wanted to make an app, you know, so let me learn how to code or even have to watch this video or whatever the thing is, like, it's got to be a learning curve or it's got to be uncomfortable, but just like, that's when the magic happens. Or that's when you see what you're made of. You'll never know what you can do if you don't give yourself an opportunity to do it. Like, Absolutely. Mic drop. Yeah. That's a nice mic, so I won't touch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we don't want to drop it, <laughs> trust me. Uh, before I give you the last word, uh, where can the people find you? Um, the peoples can find me on the IG. I think no one's calling it the gram anymore. Yeah. Uh, I'm an old ass millennial. So <laughs> that's another, um, and, um, candid, uh, C-A-N-D-I-D -D underscore campsta, candid campsta and campsta is spelled C-A-M-S-T-A. So candid underscore and other uh, candid underscore campsta. Um, I'm on Facebook as cam h i don't even know if people still use facebook but um i have a underground twitter so no one's gonna find me on there i have a secret <laughs> alias um so just look me up on the ground it's the ground okay the ground. cool well thank you so much for doing this this is an absolute treat i'm so happy so proud and and uh, shout out to you too. This yeah. is like what season three now? Like that was like how many years uh, we're ago? Past two years. Like it's yeah, going on. Shoot, it'll be going on two and a half years before you know it. Yeah, it's right. been off and on, but now like now we're like in a again. Shout out to Eric Sarich. Yes, you got a full setup. Who's, who's yes. taking this to like a whole other level? This so. is impressive. Even like you got the little like like was that velvet and like suit yeah, with the little kerchief. Shout out to my, out to oh. my man KC who gave yes. me this velvet sport coat. That is fire. New You're turtlenecks right. and. Uh, you look as sharp. I Thank must say, you. I felt very underdressed next day. I was like, damn, you didn't tell me it was no. going to be this. <laughs> I dress like this for everyone. So this you best like wear whatever you want. Pimp like, juice up in here. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Um, but it's so great to be around your energy. I'm so grateful to have uh, you as a friend. And I, I'm ex really so excited for this next London chapter for you. And I'm excited for when you come back to what we're going to talk about when you come back. Yes. No more fights in the cinema. No. <laughs> I can't make no promises. <laughs> You've see. left us with a lot of inspiration. And not, well, if you do, you do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I probably won't do that. <laughs> well, no, because I don't want to get deported. That's how I call myself. I, like, I ain't trying to get deported. <laughs> so it would be not. <laughs> but I would love to be there when you said it. I bet that'd be hilarious. So. What's the last word you want to you can leave us with? Absolutely. You already left us with some great gems, but what's, how do you want to end this thing? What do you want to leave us on? Um, oh, man, I feel the, the urge, the, the need to say something profound, um, but I won't. I will just say, but I won't. Um, 
<laughs> just live life and be grateful. That's one thing that I'm really trying to practice in every day. And I think about the people that I have been fortunate enough to meet some celebrities or people that have what we're chasing, right? And the people that are really thriving in that, the true ones that are really thriving that are so grateful for everything. Things that like, like, why are you great? Like you're a millionaire, you can do whatever. So but I was like, no, gratitude can be expressed and felt on any level. So I'm always trying to, um, instead of looking at the things that I don't have or where I'm not at or whatever, just being grateful that, you know, like today I walked around and my knee wasn't hurting because I'm starting to have knee pains, you know? So, but, you know, I'm grateful for that or having um, gratitude for the things that I don't have that I don't want to have, you know, if that makes sense. So instead of looking at like, oh, I wish I had a little bit more money, like I'm grateful because I don't, I know what it's like to not have a roof, you know what I mean? So I'm grateful that I don't have this thing and I'm grateful that I don't have, you know, bad health and I'm grateful, you know, you know, for the most part, um, you know, so just in any way, like everybody in their life has something. And if you can't think of anything, be grateful that you actually opened your eyes that day because we always think that that's just the right or it's a guarantee like but there's the world doesn't owe you anything you don't have a right to be alive it's a gift that you are but you really don't have a right to so find gratitude in anything and just take a lot of time to self-love yourself that was amazing i guess it was i could talk 20 minutes (laughs) off what you just said but i'm not going no you're exactly I'll, i'll Put one more end on that is like Marcus Aurelius in Meditations talks about toward the end of the book, you know, we uh, we were gifted this mm-hmm. existence. And it's like when it's time to go, mm-hmm. we can't really complain about it. It's like, well, it was given to you. Yeah. So who are you to say, uh, you know, so it's like very well said. Yeah. Like what are the odds? Like so many pregnancies are unsuccessful. You know, so what are the odds? Like you were one of those spirits that broke through and, you know, and we're all at this time in life too. Like that is a miracle in and of itself. Like, you know, like I'm grateful that I was born at this time. If I was born in this country 200 years ago, I wouldn't have a dream. My life would be one thing and I know what was going to happen every single day of that Mm -hmm. life, you know? So it's a gift to be born, even though the world can be dark right now and we're going through a lot, but also, you know, we have so many modern comforts and just, you know, to be alive and at this time, you know, versus whatever, whatever circumstances is a gift. Absolutely. Well, Kamitra Hill, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Sam. I'm so sad. (laughs) We'll do a proper hug. I just don't want to knock more shit down. I'm so clumsy. Oh, you got to keep some of that because my mom would be like, yep, sounds about right. Yep. I broke so much stuff. So we're holding you to the plate and we're going to talk about it when you come back in the fall. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Missed you, Eric. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Sam Dever podcast. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you watch the podcast, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at the Sam Dever podcast.